We do have church at 6.30. We open the doors one hour early for prayer. And we want to definitely be in the house of God on the Lord's Day, attending to the Word of God. So you come tonight, bring somebody with you. Joshua chapter 10. Open your Bibles there. This was actually going to be my serious men this morning. And as I begin to put it together, I said, oh, no, I've got to preach this in the Sunday morning service. So I diverted on the serious men. And so Joshua chapter 10, the GMT world clock is in Greenwich, England, which is considered to be zero longitude. Uh, Greenwich, meantime, uh, became the standard time in 1884. And that marked the starting point of every time zone in the world from Greenwich. The time that it takes the earth to rotate from noon to noon is the most accurate, and therefore this has become the standard for time on that place. Now, ever since God spoke light into existence and set the sun and the moon in the heavens, uh, he set in motion time as we know it. Uh, and from the early part of human existence, men have sought to harness time for their use for conducting business. is a fascinating read. If you uh, want to divert in whatever reading you're doing, uh, to read about this, the whole uh, concept of how men begin to use sundials and even before that other means of Figure out time. And, uh, and fast forward now to the 21st century. Uh, we now have GPS time devices. Uh, once you cross a time zone, it immediately downloads new into your device. Um, your phone automatically forwarded you at 2 a.m. so that you could be here and on time and not an hour late today. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. And most people gasp or bemoan the loss of that hour due to daylight savings. I was Googling, I had forgotten when it was coming, and I would Googled and it said, stupid daylight savings. You know, these people are upset, dumb concept, whatever. Uh, But it simply shows us the importance of time, what we do with our time, and how we spend it, and how it affects us when we lose just one hour of it. You have the reality of jet lag when you go through different time zones. You can be in mountain time this week, in China next week. It's a 15-hour time change. It can affect you for days each way until you get adjusted. And as important as time is, as much as it dictates the comings and goings of people's lives, you would think that more people would treat it as more of a precious commodity and use it to its fullest potential. The problem is there's a lot of waste concerning time. And I want to look at this text and preach a sermon called The Day Time Stood Still and uh, how precious this extra time God gave them was. And I want to preach out of Joshua 10, just a few verses beginning in verse 12. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And said in the sight of Israel, sun, stand still over Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Ajalion. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped. 
till the people had revenge upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not go down for a whole day. But there has been no day like that before it or after it that the Lord heeded the voice of man for the Lord fought for Israel. The daytime stood still. I want to first consider the currency of time with you. Uh, you know, we're all given the same allotment of time in a day. And what you waste or don't use well cannot be redeemed. It is something that is gone. In our text, we see the importance of time. Joshua needed more time, with which without, perhaps things may have turned out a little differently for he and his army. But in verse 14, it says that there had never been a day like it, nor again after, so don't expect it to happen anytime soon. It's not something you can expect, but God gives us 24 hours in a day in order to live our lives, do what we have to do in life, and to prioritize His will. Same 24 hours every single day. Same allotment to every single person. And the lesson that we're taught has to do with the currency of time. That you and I must see time as a currency just like we do money. And in our text, God did not give them more time for frivolous purposes and pursuits. He gave them more time for His purpose. And that's an important that's really why I'm using this text for that statement I just made, because that's what really dawned on me. Now let's fast forward to the 21st century. We live in the age of technology, which can be a blessing and a cursing. Because this has produced a generation of time wasters. But the currency of time is being horribly wasted and misspent when it comes to... Um, the age of technology. Now, Forbes magazine writes, Wasting time at work. The epidemic continues, and the article is, Time wasters are doing the following. 50% talking on the cell phone and texting. 42% gossiping. I guess that's not just a church thing. 39% on the internet. 38% on social media. Taking snack breaks or smoke breaks, 27%. Distracted by no, noisy, not nosy, but noisy co-workers, 24%. In meetings, 23%. On the email, 23%. Distracted by co-workers that drop by, 23%. Distracted by the co-worker that's doing a call on a speakerphone, 10%. So this is what they say is what they're doing, the following, and how they're wasting time. And they went on to say that 31% waste roughly 30 minutes daily. I didn't sit to do the math on that, how much that is a year, but you can do that math. 31% waste roughly one hour a day. 16% waste roughly two hours a day. 6% waste roughly three hours a day. 2% 4 hours and 2% 5 hours or more daily. And in reference to their phones and their devices, why employees check their phones at work? 65% personal, personal messaging. 
51% weather sites, 44% news, 24% games, 24% shopping. This is all at work. 12% traffic sites, 7% gossip. There it is again. 6% sales, 4% adult sites, 3% dating sites for the truly desperate. And, and so here is the reality in the recent headlines, time not money, is the 21st century most precious commodity. Now, with the intrusion of devices and social media and the increase of busyness in the 21st century lifestyle, they're realizing that time really is the most precious commodity. Benjamin Franklin said, you may delay, time will not. And one man said, planets never lag, A minute of time never drops from their orbits. The seasons come and go on the mark. Night and morning always observe the nick of time. You know, God created time and determined that this is how his creation would function under the dictates of time. And either time will be your master or you will master time. And there's a big difference in which way you go and how things live out. And it wasn't so long ago that men took every moment of every day as opportunities to work and become educated and to use time to its very fullest potential. And and in this recent history, there's a book that a man named William Thayer put out called Gaining Favor with God and Men. And in this, he highlights in recent history, meaning 1700s and above is what I'm calling that. And he he highlights all these, the most successful men in modern history that today we still quote them. We still study their lives. And he made this statement, uh, successful men and women never waste time. So time is a currency given by God, which brings an accountability with it. This is true in all of life, but it is also true when it comes to the will of God, the purposes of God. And whether we are fulfilling them and spending our time assuring that we are securing the eternal things. Now to say I didn't have time to pray or I don't have time to read the word Or I don't have time to stay in shape or keep my physical health. Or I don't have time to read. I don't have time to work with people is not true. You can come all you want and lay out all your... It's not true. It's just a matter of how you spend your time. It comes down to where you're spending this currency. Now, when I worked in the warehouse industry, we had these annual inventories and we would count everything by hand this was painstaking and so everything by hand enter it into the computer and determine how much our current inventory was off from the new inventory we just took and it really is amazing how much waste and theft goes on in that industry (laughs) but you know if you would really take inventory of where your time goes you would be surprised how much you're wasting You would be surprised how much you have time for the things you keep saying I don't have time for. And when my wife is telling me 
Uh, have you gotten to this in the house yet? It's not because I don't have time. I just didn't make time. And I don't even go there anymore. I don't have to. I don't even go there because I know it's a lie. She knows it's a lie and we're not going to go there. You'd be surprised if you would take inventory of where your time goes and begin to kind of determine how much this frivolous time you spend on things. You know, you'd be surprised the important things in life that you still have time for along with some leisure. The problem is we have it all backwards. It's leisure first and then everything else. We have it backwards. And so there's an article that was put out called The World's Most Valuable Commodity. And he says, I would suggest that your success and failure in almost every part of your life depend almost entirely on how you use your time. Think about it. You can always get another job. You can always get new possessions. But you can never get more time. You can never recapture the time you spent. That being the case, I would argue that it is well worth your time to understand time and how to manage it. I want to then secondly talk about the misuse of our time. You know, we must be making progress in the economy of time. This is part of growing up and maturing in life. And unfortunately, many are not, and time is not taken seriously. These are the people that are perpetually late all the time, and just on a personal level, I personally cannot take a person seriously that cannot be on time. This continue late. I just personally, I, if you're ever wondering, if you're always late, I don't take you serious. Anyway, you know, process it. You can love me for it later, but, you know. And, and I, it's hard for me to take someone seriously with, with a few exceptions, a few exceptions of things that legitimately happen that are given a task and a timeline for that task and come back at the appointed time and it's totally incomplete. And they say, I didn't have time. Because we misuse time all the time. And in our text, Joshua is given extra time and he uses it to assure victory in that battle. He doesn't waste it, doesn't take a break. and To that end that it was given to him, he uses it. You know, and so many of God's people waste too much time on ease and leisure. Now, there's nothing wrong with some ease and leisure. It will help you keep your sanity, uh, but not at the level of this generation. One man said, a transition from ease to evil is always our peril. So the use of our time is far more of a spiritual issue than we often will admit you know, our spiritual lives are, and our accomplishments in life really do tell the truth on us. And the problem is these, these are the days of leisure and ease. It's like we worship at the feet of, of this. And, and, you know, Jesus gave a parable of a rich man whose crops yielded plentifully, so he's got no want in life, and he builds barns to stash him, and, and in Luke 12, 19, this, this man speaks to himself. He says, I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. 
Now this, unfortunately, is the philosophy of so many people. It's like young people. You think you're never going to get old. You're going to get old. And you're going to get old and have either used your time for your good or you're going to have wasted it. But here's this philosophy of so many people's lives. They're looking for ease. They're looking for their retirement. Look, if you... If you retire, that's great. You have a retirement and pension. That's a good thing. Find another job or be a Walmart greeter or do something. But you're going to waste away if you just retire. And the big difference for us as God's people is that we always have the church and God's will knocking at the doors of our lives. Are you going to give me some time? Any time, please? A little bit? Some? And these always need the attention of God's people. Time given to them and priority placed upon them. So there are several critical areas of our lives that are affected by the misuse of time. Three I'm going to mention. And the first deals with our decisions and choices when we misuse time. Now there's a, a fascinating book I read. Uh, it's been a couple of years now and I've, I've used the illustrations out of it. But it, it deals with a a wagon train expedition to the west, and the Donner Party is the particular um, party that was at, at uh, in the story. And so this wagon train heading west, they, they knew that there was a, there was a cutoff line. It, de- it dealt with the, the Rocky Mountain uh, the, in, in Colorado, and, uh, and you had to pass this time before a certain time of the year or you're going you're gonna to be snowed. It was going to be a bad scene. So they, they knew that that there were timelines, they had to cross over. And along the way, they had some victories and, and they celebrated the 4th of July. And, and, and the problem was that, you know, their celebrations were so nice. And, and being that this was a, a rigorous thing to go across the country with kids, you know, their children, wives, and, and all their possessions that, man, it's like, can we just stay a few more days? And so they would spend just a couple more days here, a couple more days there rejoicing, celebrating, enjoying whether the problem is these few days here and there begin to cost them because they, they begin to realize we're not on track and we're not going to cross this in time if we're not careful. They came to the critical time frame and the place and a major decision had to take place. So they had wasted time. And due to this, now they have to make a decision because... If they take off from this little town that they were at, which they could just stay there and, and they're not going to make it to the West this, this year, but they'll, they'll survive. If we leave and go the normal route that everybody goes, chances are we're going to get hit by the harsh winter. But there's this cut through that these people had been talking about, but it wasn't a proven cut through, uh, but it was a shortcut, you know, save time, shortcut. It wasn't proven. So they chose and their decisions were dictated because they wasted time. They went through this shortcut to find the bull rush and all. There was no trail. They had to get off with their own cut through. It was horrible. They get stuck in the middle of this in the winter and the story unfolds as they had to end up committing cannibalism on the dead, so many died in that. It was just a horrible story. But it was all because of the decision and choices they had to make because they wasted time. 
Jesus had a particular demeanor when it came to how he spent himself in John 9, 4. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, for the night is coming when no man can work. In other words, this is not unlimited. This opportunity is not unlimited before me. And where you stand in this and how you approach this is going to affect your decisions and choices in life. This is the reason so often that people do things so halfway or half-hearted because you wasted all this time that you could have been working on something to the last minute and then you just throw it together because you wasted so much time. You know, some things in life and certainly in the kingdom of God are time-sensitive. You can't come back and remake the decision of choice. The time is now. And if you're misappropriating your time and the priorities, you're going to end up making some damaging choices in life. So that's the first critical area affected by the misuse of time. The second is your future can be affected by how we spend our time. We have the parable of the men given the talents I used in the ministry meeting yesterday. So the one man is given this one talent. This is an amount of money. And he is asked to invest and to duplicate that. Now, this is going to take some work ethic on his part. He's going to have to wheel and deal. There's going to be a process of overseeing. And so this is put into his hands. His future rests on this because here's an opportunity that he's given that he totally wasted. And in Matthew 25, 24 and 25, then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, so now's the day of accountability. The man that gave it to him comes back and is bringing him into an account. What'd you do with it? Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you had not sown, gathering where you had not scattered seed. I was afraid went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there it is. It's yours. Now, this man was referred to as a lazy servant. Okay? This man's laziness not only eroded his spiritual condition, but it eroded his future. All this time passes, and the Bible says he went on a long journey, so I don't know how much. It's a parable. Jesus isn't purpose of it is not to define that, but quite an amount of time. So all this time he could have been investing, doing, and he's doing absolutely nothing. He's totally wasting it. He buries it in the ground, gave no time or attention to this entrustment. And let me, let me divert right here and, and speak to the young people. Don't waste your youth. You know what I thank God about? I have some regrets, certainly. Some things I wish I would have invested my life in early. But the one thing I don't regret is I got out of my house early to get on with my life. I got married early. I set my course in life early. You don't want to go wasting your youth. This time when you have such energy and and stamina to, to do and to approach life. And my advice to every young person is get on with your plans. Get on the fast track. Get on with your life. You know, I would say, okay, there's an arena of of kids that will stay home and live uh, in their home while they're going to school. And I say, fine, that's good. Well, the fast track it. Stop wasting time. 
Decide where you're going and get on with it and get done with it and move on with your life. Figure out the specific will of God and follow hard after it and don't get bogged down. Because how we spend our time is going to affect our future. The third area is our spiritual life becomes affected with the misuse of time. Wasting time and using time on excessive distractions and leisure is a spiritual condition. If you're not willing to pinpoint that in your life, you're never going to make the decisions necessary to get out of that. It's a spiritual condition. If, If anything, we can call it, you may be a hard worker, devoted, dedicated. Nobody would look at you and call you lazy, but you're spiritually lazy. And neglect is one of the biggest reasons that people don't flourish in God and why so many fall out and detach from what God is doing because of spiritual neglect. And it has to do with with where you're spending your time, how you're conducting yourself. And in Proverbs 24, he gives us a picture of the the lazy man and, and what has become of him in Proverbs 24, 30 through 34. I went past the field of the sluggard, past the field of the man who lacks judgment. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed and learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come on you like a bandit and scarcity like an armed man. You know, when you waste away your day, this is why we advocate for morning prayer. Preferably a little earlier is is better. For the simple reason of, of making our entire day count and making sure that our day doesn't get so busy that all of a sudden, oh, I didn't get to pray today. But there's this this issue of spiritual laziness. And, you know, when time is wasted consistently on the frivolous, on the leisures of life as a priority. You know, when you don't do things like start your day in prayer, Bible reading, there's this slow erosion taking place in your spiritual life. And if you're not careful, it'll come to this place that we just read and things will be all torn down, overgrown with weeds, the the desires of God choked out. We're just carnal. We're just existing. And it's why? Because, because the way you spend your time. So I want to conclude then with stewarding our time, managing our time. So the psalmist said in Psalms 90 verse 12, teach us to number our days. Now this statement is acknowledging the passing of time and the limited number of days that we have on this earth. And what he's saying is, Lord, help us in, in light of this understanding to fulfill your purposes. To not be frivolous and, and just kind of dismissive. Uh, but, but God, to really focus our lives. To number our days. To realize how, how frail and short our lives can be. And in our text, Joshua did not know how long the sun would stand still. So he took the opportunity that was given and he busied himself and his army in the purpose that God had extended the time for him. Didn't waste it. 
The opposite can be said of Hezekiah, who God added 15 years to his life. Extension, and then Hezekiah, in his foolishness, opens the door for the enemy to invade and overthrow them. Now the Bible counsels us in Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, So then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now the NIV translates that. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Now, right at the the day after, so our election was on a Tuesday. So we had our midweek service the day after. And Pastor Greg Mitchell uh, preached a sermon, the post-election sermon. and, And in that, as he was concluding, I listened to it and... He made a statement when when Donald Trump was elected as president and everyone collectively exhaled. He said, God has given us more time to do what we do while we still have our freedom. Let's not waste the opportunity. That's an important observation. To do what we do. In other words... You know, oh, cool, okay, we're going to, you know, get all the, whatever you think it entails to have another man in the, in the White House. And, but that's not where we stake our hope. God simply said, I'm going to give you more time in your freedom to still do. That means accelerate. That means turn it up. Be even more vigilant about how you go about life and how you go about your spiritual opportunities And how many know that God requires that we live in the now? In 2 Corinthians 6, 2, behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. If you're here and you're not a Christian, you have not given your life to Jesus, what are you waiting for? Now is the time. It's now. God has given you an opportunity now. But we as God's people need to be living in the now. In other words, that we're... We're about the bit. We're not putting off and saying, I'm going to and we'll get around. No, now. Time is a resource that we must be good managers of. Another quote out of that article, the world's most valuable commodity. You need to understand that time is a resource, but it's a different kind of resource. You can't buy it, rent it, borrow it, store it, save it, renew it, or multiply it. All you can do is spend it. There's no way you can save time. When people say they are saving time, they simply mean they're spending less time on a task. They're not saving it for the future use because all time must be spent now. Unlike other resources such as talent, education, or money, we all have the same exact amount of time. It's the only aspect of our lives where we are all truly equal. As psychologist Dennis Waitley points out, each human being has exactly the same number of hours and minutes every day. Rich people can't buy more hours. Scientists can't invent more. You're the only one who can spend your time. How you spend your time 
reveals your true values. That's not a Christian article. That means we have to be highly disciplined in our use of time. And there must be a structure in how we spend our time that keeps us productive and growing as Christians and in life's responsibilities and taking care of life's tasks and being prompt and, and, and putting your own deadlines in your life. Some of you have no deadlines for anything. Just blah, 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 manana, manana, you know. You know, everything we do as Christians must have a structure of discipline that surrounds the spiritual. This is, again, why we start our day in morning prayer and Bible reading. Because we make time for the spiritual in our lives. We make time for attending church three times a week. We make time for fellowship with God's people. Although, you that stay up till midnight and beyond all the time consistently fellowshipping, you're now wasting time. And you're now infringing on the next day's energy and focus. I just had to get that out there somewhere. (laughs) That one's been in my goal for a while. Anyway, but we make time. I don't remember. I don't know if we want to remember, but Cher, you know, singer Cher. (laughs) She's a psycho. But anyway, remember the song, If I Could Just Turn Back Time? And if you remember it, you're you're labeled. We, We know how old you are. If I could just turn back time, you know, this is the regret of so many, isn't it? And this is the age of nostalgia through uh, social media where you're deceived to think that you can go back in your past or past relationships and relive some things. Right? What people do. I remember when the, the whole classmate thing first came out. You know, I've never been on social media. I really care less about social media I don't want everybody to know where I'm at anyway, and I don't want them to know my business. But that's just me. I know there are people out there, they want to flaunt all their business. I want everybody to know everything about them, but whatever. Let me make my point. Classmates came out. And I was initially tempted, because you've got to understand, I graduated high school. I had the cap. I threw it up, and I never retrieved it. And walked off the football field that we graduated on. And never saw my classmates again. Joined the military. Off I went. Got saved. Started serving God. Never seen them again. Never run into one of them. So this was appealing. Classmates. Yeah, go. I thought, oh, no, 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 no. This is a trap. Get you to go back. There's so many people, that's the way they live their lives because you either wasted that time in your life or you lived it wisely. You know, the only thing we can do this morning, look at now. Look at today. And that's going to be the challenge. Make some fresh decisions about how you're going to spend your time, what your priorities in life are going to be, and what you're going to do about the will of God in your life. That's what this altar is going to be about. Not yesterday or where we're at, but right now, today. And the question today is, what are you going to do with the time God has given you? And make some decisions today and set your course and restructure how you order your life and spend your time and start making every day and every hour 
of your day. And in some of your cases, you have such an intense schedule. Every minute of your day count. Right? How easy is it anymore? I mean, the curse of our the blessing and the curse, the blessing and the curse. Because you can't hardly be sitting at your desk. You're in the especially now with the NCAA tournament starting. It's horrible. Oh, Lord help us! Wasting time. You're all looking at me, blinking at me. Get off the manana mentality and get on the now mentality. And let's let God's work and purpose have some priority in our lives and set the order of your life. We've got to work. We've got to raise families. We've got to do things. Plant. But, but you know what? We need, to, we need to have this in place. But if you don't prioritize the spiritual first, you, it's all in vain. It's vanity is vanity. Go ahead, live your life. Go ahead, be a success. Make all the money in the world great. And then what? It's got to feature the spiritual first. God has given us this life and our time for Him first. Stop putting off the decision to discipline your life. Deal with your digital addictions and distractions. Become a reader. I was proud of some of the guys. Caleb just came to me. I challenged them at the beginning of the year. He says since the beginning of the year, he's read seven complete books. That's awesome. Didn't know he had that time, but here he's got this time. Now he's hooked on reading. He said it's helped his, well, we'll have to ask the kids, but he says it's helped his uh, studies that he gives to the kids, you know, because he's got more to say. Get into studying God's word. Make Time to exercise your physical body and push back the table. That's the effect, preacher effect. You got to let it go down. It's sometimes better than words. Just that silence there. Well, I don't have time. Use your time effectively. Use it to grow in God. Tend to His work. Become an asset at your workplace. Get in the now. We'll do this. You know, you can't make up for whatever regrets you have, but you don't have to live with regrets. You, you can simply press in and, and just make some decisions about now, today. This altar call, response to this sermon and we can we can make this happen. I, I have to, you know, when you when you start getting older, and I'm going to turn 50 this year, and you know, you you realize, you know, if you, if you go by, you know, what they say the lifespans are, you're already over the halfway point, you know. So you got to start talking to yourself, and that's why you always, you know, love Pastor Mitchell because you say, oh, shoot, I've only lived half of my life, if I get to live as long as Pastor Mitchell. But that that next half compared to the first half is not the same, you know. A lot of things change when you're getting older. And um, you got to think about it. Okay, so what what am I going to do now? How how am I going to spend? They tell me, by by what I've read, that actually your most productive days of life are in your 60s. Now, I don't know if that's just people saying that that are 60, but (laughs) it sounds good to me. 
<laughs> but it all comes down to how you spend your time. Don't waste it. It's a precious commodity. I don't know how exactly it's going to work in eternity, but I know there will be an accountability for it. And so I want to really challenge everyone to live in the now. Let's bow our heads. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God is good. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christian. You're not right with God, but you know, this can be the greatest day, the greatest opportunity of your entire life. So many people, they live they're always looking back, wishing they could have, would have, should have. Well, let's stop for a moment and say, what can God do today? If you will commit your life to Jesus Christ today, this morning, what can the rest of your life be like? It can be powerful, I can tell you that. You have to live in the now. Now is the day. Today is the day of salvation. This is the accepted time. So you're here and you're not right with God, but now is the time. Stop putting it off. Stop saying, well, i got to get this together. It's not going to work. You don't get your life together and then come to Christ. No, you give it to Christ and then He'll help you get it together. You've got to be willing to make this decision because living for God is, is a major adjustment because God's going to deal with you about things you're going to have to cut out from your life and give to Him so you can live pure unto Him and right with Him. But, but I'll tell you what, He'll do a miracle in your life. I've, I've so many testimonies over the years of people that came to an altar addicted to drugs totally in a moment of time were set free have never touched a drug again. Alcohol. People who came and their lives were broken, their families were broken, began to live for Jesus and within a couple of years it was totally different. Things were radically changed. But, but you have to live in the now, right now. Right now is the time for your life. And you're sitting here, you're not right with God, but you're right you're ready now. Give your life to Jesus. I want to I pray with you if that's you. And I want to ask you to do something. If you're not right with God, but you're ready to get right now, I want you to lift your hand up so I can see it. That's me. And I want you to pray. Who would that be? God's dealing with you. Just put it up. Say, that's me. Now, I'm going to live for God now. Today. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. It's a simple acknowledgement. As soon as I see it, you put it right back down. Nobody's looking around. Every head is bowed. This is a, a God moment. You and God. Pastor Puglisi, I'm ready for the now of God in my life. I'm ready to surrender to Jesus. I need Him to change me now, today. That's you. God's dealing with you. Just acknowledge it. Put your hand up so I can see it. I'm ready for the now, today. You'd slip your hand up so I can see it. Once I see it, put it right back down. Who's that? God's dealing with you. Today is the day. You're not promised tomorrow. He didn't know how long the sun and the moon would stand still. He just took advantage of what God gave him. You don't know how much longer your life is going to go. You don't know what is going to lay ahead, whether you're going to have another opportunity or not. So now, today, you say, that's me. That's where I'm at. I'm ready to give my life to Christ today. Please pray with me if that's you. Just slip your hand up and show me that's me. Would you pray with me? Who would that be? Anybody here? Very quickly, God's dealing with you. 
You may feel singled out, but that's just the Spirit of God. That's God dealing with you. That's the love of God reaching out to you. And you're ready to come to Christ today, now. I want you to lift your hand up. You could be backslidden. God's saying, now, I'll receive you back. Let's do this. Why live another day in that state? You know the truth. Let's let's do this. And so God's calling you out of your sin. Now, today, come back to Jesus. Lift your hand up. Who would that be? God's dealing with you right now. You just slip it up. As soon as I see it, you acknowledge it. You can put it right back down. Nobody's looking around. Who's God dealing with? I know he's dealing with hearts today. You're not right with God. You're going to walk out of this place. and Perhaps waste the greatest opportunity and time frame of your entire life. God's dealing with you. Today's the day. Now, come to Jesus. God is dealing with you. You'd slip your hand. Put it up so I can see it. Who would that be? Thank you so much. Put that down. Who else? Thank you so much. God bless you. Who else? Other honest hearts. Now, today, you won't regret it. You won't regret it. Because God's going to do something in you so amazing. But now, today, what are you waiting for? Come to Jesus. He'd say, would you please pray with me? I'm ready to give my life to Christ. Now, he'd lift your hand up. Others along with these honest hearts. I'm ready today. Would you pray with me, please? Uh, Lead me to Christ now, today. Thank you so much. God bless you. Who else? Thank you. God bless you. You may be backslidden. Oh, just come to Christ. Let's just get this done with. Let's resubmit our hearts. Let's let God be glorified and move on. God's dealing with you very quickly. You'd slip your hand up. That's me. Would you pray with me, please? Okay, everyone that lifted your hand, would you look at me? Did you mean that? I believe you did. Did you mean that right over here? Young man, did they already grab him? Who, who lifted their hand over here? Young man in red shirt. You look, look, look up at me. Where I don't. Yeah, right here. Oh, I'm sorry. I only saw you from the head. Would, would you come? Who else? Come this morning. You lifted your hand. Come. Come. Now, today. Listen, church. God gave him time for a purpose. Look, we're still here. We're still breathing. We still have time. What are we doing with our time? What decisions are we making? How's our spiritual life because of our use of time? What about our future? You can't think first about the secular elements because it doesn't work that way. You have to think first about the spiritual. Once you secure the spiritual elements of how you use your time, then everything else can really flourish. Otherwise, you have it backward. Some of you need to put that back in order. You've you've reversed things in your life because you're living in regret. That's the reason why we do that. I should have done this. I should have done that. Now, no, 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 no. Let's keep first things first. Let's keep God, His will and priority first. And, and everything else will be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom. So God's dealing with hearts. We're going to open these altars. I'm going to ask you to come. Make a place before heaven. We're going to touch God this morning. He's going to help us. 
As we're surrendering our lives to Christ today, we're surrendering our use of our time to Christ today. God is good. Redeeming the time for the days are evil, making the most of every opportunity. So today is an opportunity that God is giving us to respond. And the thing that we take so for granted, we don't treat as precious at all as our time. We just kind of go about our business. If something's important to us, we'll spend some time on it. If it's not, but, but you have to you have to make some decisions based upon time. Some of you, you know, you live so haphazardly. You're just bouncing all over the place. You can't ever really be relied upon. You can never really nail down and keep a job and and flourish and and really become a disciple because because this is your issue. You have no control. Time is, is a master of you. You have not mastered time. And God expects us to. God expects us to. I don't know how it's all going to live out when we have to account for this, but we're going to have to account for it. Just like we have to account for the way we've handled our money, we have to account for the way we've handled our time and the offspring of that. God saw fit to make His creation function under the dictates of time. And you know, 21st century, this is harder than ever. For a couple of reasons. Number one, because we are so busy. There's so much on our plate. Everything from our kids that are in school so much longer now to our work schedules and, and just the hustle and bustle. And it's just crazy. But really, the real issue of our generation is the digital generation. That's really the issue. Time wasting. And all of the addictive elements of entertainment and devices and everything else that so quickly gets our attention. And we find that we've wasted, we, you can waste 30 minutes or an hour in no time. Have done nothing productive other than feed whatever your curiosity was. And you just waste it. Think about that. And then we say, well, I didn't have time or I couldn't because. No, that's not true. It's not true. So we have to make that alignment here this morning. We have to make that alignment. Yes, you can make time for leisure, but it can't be your priority because it gets things backward. We're a generation that worships at the altar of leisure and ease. It's really self-serving. And when I read these books of men of old and men of renown, and it's true, successful men and women don't waste time. But the question is, where do you want to be successful first? Do you want to be successful in your job and in your career? Or do you want to be successful with God first? Which one do you want first? Because one affects the other. And so you have to structure your time. And, and, and it's going to be a little difficult because we're so it's a habit of our lives. It's a habit. It's, so, it's an addicting habit. And, and, and if you'll do it, though, if you'll really make up your mind, what I'm getting at at this altar is the sermon alone is not enough. Good information, great, but that's not enough. There has to be a decision at this altar. I'm really going after this. I'm going to get this straight in my life. I'm going to. God is going to help me. I'm going to, 
I'm going to scale back where I have to and get things where they are and then I'll go from there. Some of you young men, you're not flourishing in life because you're, you're so lazy. You, you waste so much of your time. Trivial, frivolous. It's time to take your youth and spend it and spend it well. In your home, well, I don't have time, so you neglect your wife and children. I'm too busy. That's not true. Not if you really take inventory of your time and really reassess it, you'll find out that's not true. We got to make that decision. Let's sing this song as God helps us here at this altar as we worship Him together. time amen but let's come tonight let's you got to make decisions about how you're going to spend let's spend tonight in god's presence that's the first decision that has to be made in order to get things in order come to church tonight amen don't waste it in some frivolous thing or some leisure ease oriented let's come make time for god and you will not regret it amen so we're going to bow our heads together we're dismissing in prayer. Come back tonight. Let's believe God together. Amen. As our heads are bowed, um, George Ponce is going to lift his voice and dismiss us in prayer.